today for our New Testament lesson. We are going to be reading Philippians 2, uh, verse 1 through 5. If then there are any encouragement in Christ, any consolation from love, any sharing in the Spirit, any compassion and sympathy, make my joy complete. Be of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord, and have one of mind. Do nothing from selfishness, ambition, or conceit, but in humility regard others as better than yourselves. Let each of you look not to your own interests, but to the other in, to the interests of others. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. Now can you please stand for the gospel lesson where we will be reading uh, John 17, verses 21 through 23. That they may all, that they may all be one, as you, Father, are in me, and I am in you. May they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given them, so that they may be one, as we are one. I in them, and you in me, that they may become completely one, so that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them, even as you have loved me. Word of this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks speak to God. Where eagles fly, there is leadership, wisdom, and unity. As an eagle scout, I'm a living testament to the fact that it is not an easy path. It requires hard work, communication, and leadership. In June of 2019, before this global pandemic, I arrived in Islamorada, Florida. For those of you who don't know why this, why, this is, why this is significant, that is the home to Sea Base National High Adventure Base. There we went on a week-long trip on the Florida Keys on a sailboat where we lived. So we decided our crew, we, we decided our crew leader, which was me, and we also did our gear check sure that we had all the necessary equipment to go on our trek. I was with Brett Anderson, Eagle Scout 113, and Micah Schmidt, Eagle Scout number 112. So I assigned jobs, and uh, you learn very quickly how to delegate when you uh, become a leader, but uh, the jobs that needed to, be, that needed to uh, be accomplished was loading our bags with all of our gear in it onto the boat, and loading ice onto the boat to make sure we had enough water. We also had to play Jenga with our food underneath the dinette sofa where we stored our food. And it is quite like Jenga. So after dinner at base camp, we pushed off into the beautiful sunset of the Florida Keys. Just pushing off from base camp required much teamwork and unity, and there was much, much more to come. The journey of a scout is much like the journey of life. Pitching a tent is much like taking care of your first house. Cooking in the wilderness is similar to cooking for a family. 
Learning how to tie knots can be like learning how to repair your car. Now, I know I'm only 16. I'm a young whippersnapper. Who is he to tell me about the journey of life? As a young adult, looking into the lives of adults, there is one thing that I see that makes or breaks the success of someone in this vast world of diversity. It's that it takes a village. Just getting from one day to the next, the amount of people that we rely on and that rely on us is tremendous. Whether it's your boss, depending on you at work, or your family, relying on you to prepare dinner, or being there for your loved ones in times of trouble. It's a two-way street. You depend on people as well. Whether it's help cooking dinner, help cleaning the house. People help people. The key to success in this crazy pandemic world is banding together. It shouldn't matter whether you're red or blue, green, purple, or even orange. The idea that it takes a village is and will always be there. It's going to take all of us to get through this pandemic. As we are all here today, we're all wearing masks. It's a requirement. We need to follow the rules when they're asked of us. It's the only way to stop the spread. Personally, and everyone has their own opinions, and I'm not telling you what to do, but personally, I think it's going to take almost all of us getting vaccinated to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Not one half, not two thirds. It's going to take every last one of us, no matter the affiliation. We're all human beings, after all. In Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 5, it says, If then there is any encouragement in Christ, any consolation from love, any sharing in the Spirit, any compassion and sympathy, make my joy complete. Be of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility regard others as better than ourselves. Let each of you look not to your own interests, but to the interests of others. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. Just this last summer, in 2021, I had the experience of a lifetime. At Northern Tier National High Adventure Base, just outside of Ely, Minnesota, I went on a canoeing experience for seven days. It's on the boundary waters of Minnesota and Canada. And I always tell people this was the seven most challenging days of my life. I was a crew leader, and you figure out very quickly on the first day of your trek that it will not be easy. I was in a crew with my best friends for life, Brett Anderson and Brandon Morales, and uh, these two are something else, and well, let's just say, if you have all of us together, it's an experience. <laughs> By the end of the trip, we paddled over 50 miles. We had planned to go more than that, but I will touch on that later. A big thing at Northern Tier is portaging. Portage, or portaging, is the practice of carrying watercraft or cargo over land, either around an obstacle in a river, or between two bodies. A path where items are regularly carried between bodies of water is also called a portage. This term comes from French, where porter means to carry as in portable. Try and envision, the, try and envision this in your head while I go through each of the steps of portaging. It's a team effort. First, you get out of your canoe and up to waist-deep water. 
After you've said your prayer, that you don't slip and fall on any flat rocks, you must unclip bags in the boat and hoist them onto your crewmates' backs. It gets better, though. Now that you have 80-pound backpacks on your back, you must help the person without a bag get the canoe onto their shoulders. Then you get to walk over jagged rocks until you get to the actual trail. By the time you get to the trail, you're in a lot of pain, but that doesn't matter. You must guide the person with the canoe so they don't slam into any trees or battle ram anybody else on the trail. After you get through the trail, you get to set your canoe back into the water. You unload all the bags and then paddle your life away again. That is teamwork and that is unity. I have a couple stories to tell from Northern Tier. The first one is going to be me picking on my scoutmaster, Jamie. So Jamie's been on four treks at Northern Tier. He's been there four different times. The last two times have been more recent. He used the same boots from his last trek on this trek. And stands to reason. I mean, boots are expensive. We get it. So comes to about our fifth day. And this has been a really tough day. It's been our longest day. We paddled into the rain and into the wind all day. Finally get to camp. It's actually a really nice campsite. Sun's finally out. We're really exhausted. Finally set up camp, get dinner going. And our guide goes, Jamie, your shoe's going to be a problem. The sole of his shoe was coming off of the boot. So when you're walking over jagged rocks, you most definitely need the sole of your shoe. So we had to brainstorm a little bit. Finally, we came to the conclusion, well, we got tree sap. Let's try it. So we, get the, we open our trash bag, which has the uh, lid of these cheese containers. And we get these sticks about this long and the width of your pinky. And we, got, we started poking these sap bubbles on these trees. And you start smearing it into your cheese container. <laughs> Finally, oh, 100 sap bubbles later and a lot of tedious work and very sticky hands, your, your container is finally full and then you go get to do another one. I think it probably took five containers full of sap to finally get the sole enough sap to have it to be able to glue back to the shoe. So we put rocks on top of the sole and on top of the shoe to keep it together. Finally, they bond together. It didn't work the way we thought it would, but it did the job. With the help of the dining fly rope, we were able to tie the sole of his shoe back onto the shoe. And then the sole with the tree sap was able to have enough traction on the boot to keep it from slipping out from underneath him. This did cut our trek a little bit short. Um, we still was out. We were still out there for as long as we were planning on uh, being out there, but we definitely had to cut down the miles just a little bit. That was true teamwork. Now, I have another story of teamwork. So buckle your seatbelts. It's time for me to tell you a big fish story about my certified expert angler, Brett Anderson. Brett, stand on up. This guy is a professional. <laughs> so, it's the very last day of our trek. We haven't had a lot of luck fishing. Kind of so-so. It was, it, was, it was an okay trip for fishing. And we go, okay, it's our last day. Let's do it. We just, if we're, we're going to do it, let's do it. So we got up early. It's about 5 or 6 in the morning. The sun's just breaking over the horizon. And we get all of our fishing gear out, put all of our wet clothes on. 
and load the canoe, put the canoe in the water. After the canoe gets into the water, we get in the canoe and start paddling around. We start trying to find a spot to fish. Didn't have a lot of luck yet. Finally, we find a spot and we say, this actually has pretty good habitat for fish. And this might be a pretty good spot to fish. So we kind of stop there, focus that area. I throw my line in the water. I get a small little tug, nothing big. It's probably a fish. So I, I, I pull it and I, I, hook, I, I, set, I set my hook in the fish and reel it in, reel it in, reel it in. And I'm able to just reel it into the boat. Just a little bass, nothing to write home about. But for me, I mean, a fish is something to write home about because I can't catch fish to save my life. Anyways, um, so we get the fish, get it off the hook, put it back down in the water. And Brett casts his line out into the water. And his pole did a U-turn. Just U-turn. And um, the, my first thought was, oh, it's just a log. He, he, caught his, he caught his hook on a log, so I'm getting my paddle out, getting ready. Okay, we got to figure out where this is. We can shimmy it out, try to figure it out. And then I see a silver thing in the water, and I go, oh, that's not a log. <laughs> I, see my, I see Brett's eyes get real big. My eyes got really big. I'd never seen a fish that big in my life. And so he's, he's pulling it in, and I, I didn't realize how big it was until it was about seven inches from the surface of the water, and this thing is just silver. That's all you see. All I saw was just silver. And... Then I see Brett letting his line out, reel it in, letting his line out, reel it in. And, I, and at that point, I knew that it was, I mean, it was, it was serious. <laughs> so finally, Brett gets it close enough to the side of the boat where he can yank it into the boat. Now, it wasn't just a, like my fish. My fish was just reel in, reel in, reel in. Okay, just reel it into the boat. No, it was a yank and then boom, right on the bottom of the canoe. And just, you feel the bottom of your canoe just, just shake. It just flexes with the, with, the, with the metal, and then you see all these ripples go across the water. And so this fish is on the hook, and the hook, I mean, the fish practically swallowed Brett's hook. And so Brett's trying to get the hook out of the fish, and he's struggling quite a bit, and he caught a northern pike. So those of you who don't know what a northern pike is, they're not the nicest fish. They're kind of mean looking, they got big teeth. And um, he was not happy. So Brett was trying to get the hook out, and finally he gets the hook out. But he's got blood running down his hand because he because he cut his hand on the on the teeth of the fish when he was trying to get the hook out, and the thing is just thrashing around all over the boat. And finally he gets it off the hook, and it plops down on the bottom of the boat again. And you just feel the boat shake again, and all these ripples across water again. And so he finally gets the hook out of the fish, and then this fish is sliding in the boat, sliding back and forth from the front of the boat to the back of the boat, front of the boat to the back of the boat, because it's thrashing around everywhere. It's flopping around all over the place, and I just keep pushing it forward with my paddle to Brett. It's like, your problem, not mine. <laughs> so Brett immediately turns around and he goes, go to shore, paddle, paddle to shore, and just constantly he's like, and so I realized I did not put my hook back on the eye of my pole. So now this hook is swinging around everywhere because this fish is thrashing around in the boat. And I realize as, I'm, as I pull my paddle, I'm like, oh, I got to take care of this. So after two minutes of struggling to catch, my, to catch my hook without hooking myself, I finally get it, put it back on the eye of my pole, and Brett goes, well, of course, during, during my struggle, Brett was like, don't worry about the hook. Get to shore. Get to shore. 
and I was like, Brett, I'm not going to hook my hand. <laughs> I'm sorry. i got to get this back on the pole. So finally get back on the pole, and Brett goes, okay, paddle. <laughs> so I'm paddling, paddling, and, and mind you, while I'm paddling, Brett is not paddling. He is tending to the fish. He has the fish pinned down in the bottom of the boat with his paddle. <laughs> pinned down, and it's still thrashing around underneath the paddle. Guy was not happy. <laughs> so finally we get back to shore. We, we yell on the top of our lungs to get everybody's attention to help us get this fish out of the boat, get it back onto the land, and um, finally got the fish back onto the land. So for those of you who don't, who've never had uh, northern pike, it doesn't taste amazing, but it's, 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 it's decent. But I'm sure for Brett, it tasted incredible. <laughs> the final length of the fish was 32 inches on the trail of the eagle I've had many mentors and guides when God calls us to do great things he knows we aren't going to do it alone God or people in your life will be there for your journey for my journey to eagle it was both Jamie Coyne he continues to volunteer even after his son has aged out and earned his eagle He's taught me to be a leader, even if you aren't in a leadership position. He's had a lot, he provided lots of helpful feedback for my Eagle Project. And for those of you who don't know what my Eagle Project was, it was creating a library for a care home with uh, terminally ill and mentally ill patients. And uh, it was a godsend for their, um, for their uh, care home. The uh, grand total of books and DVDs that I collected the church and from my troop was over 500. So I appreciate everyone's support and donations through that whole thing. I could not have done it without you guys. Um, so my uncle Michael is a craftsman. That is what I call him. He is. He can do anything you want with metal, wood, handiwork. He is the guy. Without him, my bookshelves would have literally been falling apart. He is my perfectionist for my project and uh, definitely kept me in check when he was like, okay, no, you should be doing this. Definitely um, had a big part in my project. My brother has been my biggest mentor and guide in my life. Ian has been my role model since I could walk and pushes me to reach my goals. And he keeps me in line when he needs to. This is but a minuscule amount of people that helped me along the way. If I listed all of them, we'd be here for days. And I mean days. I'm not over-exaggerating. Without people to help you along the way, it's just not possible. God calls us to be unified as his people, to not be selfish, and to think of others first. So I ask you, what are you going to do to make a difference? How are you going to take your journey of life and apply it to the path of an Eagle Scout like myself. My journey as a scout is not yet finished. I plan to give back to the next generation of scouts, who will then give back to the next generation and the next generation as a continuous cycle of empowerment. Without a village, the Braves cannot and will not be successful. This summer, I will be attending Philmont Scout Ranch in Cimarron, New Mexico. With my crew, we will be achieving amazing things in our two weeks of backpacking. We will overcome adversity and work together as a team 
to achieve a common goal. So I'll leave you today by sharing a prayer I was taught as a young child that we say at every meal, the Philmont Grace. Will you please show me an attitude of prayer? For food, for raiment, for life, for opportunity, for friendship and fellowship, we thank thee, O Lord. Amen. So there you have it. You've walked in the footsteps of an Eagle Scout. Now it is time for you to walk in the way of Christ Jesus. In leadership, in wisdom, and in unity.